Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now, after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for April 24th, 2020. Hello and good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight to be with you. In our last podcast, I began to talk about the results of the resurrection, Easter morn that we've just come through around the world. And we've been in the midst of this pandemic that's been going on, and people have been filled with fear and wondering what's going on. And we as believers are to be faith, hope, life, love, joy in this period. We're to say to those people who are so filled with fear, our God is in charge. Our God is using even this for his glory. People are facing things that they've never had to face before because of this pandemic. God, what the enemy means for evil, God uses for good. And that goodness began in the beginning in the book of Genesis. I read from the introduction and the first chapter of Genesis and into the first several verses of chapter 2 from the message. And I'm going to continue that today and probably in a couple of succeeding podcasts. I want to get all of this scripture out in front of us so we'll begin to understand you are not here by chance. You were created before the beginning began. And God has a purpose that only you and you alone can fulfill. No one can do that to which you were called. Many years ago, when I began to realize that God had called me to be a minister within the church of Jesus Christ, I began to realize that I had had some opportunities to go and speak to rather large groups. And I always felt odd. I just it didn't feel right. It wasn't so much that it was wrong. It's that it was so difficult. And then, for instance, today I hear people like Dr. David Jeremiah or a Billy Graham or a David Wilkerson as we came into the Christian faith. And they had magnificent abilities to speak to thousands and thousands. And God finally led me to small groups. And in small groups of people, 10, 15, 20, Sometimes I had eight or nine of those a week around the city of Tulsa, and then I began to travel, not only here in Oklahoma, but down into Louisiana, to Texas, to Arkansas, to Missouri, to Kansas, always in small groups. And there I just felt so full and so alive. And God began to say, you know, one of the problems that many people have is they get into comparison with other people's callings and miss their own. So my prayer is, is that I'm reading these things today that you will be excited by the Spirit inside and say, Father, 
I'm seeing that in the scripture you called me into being to rule and to reign over your creation. Show me the portion that you have ordained for me, for no one else can fulfill it. And it will give you joy, dear brothers and sisters, beyond what you can imagine. So I will continue today reading from the second chapter from the message, Genesis chapter 2. I just had finished in the last podcast about resting on the Sabbath day. And at the end of the fourth verse is where I'm going to begin. This is the story of how it all started of heaven and earth when they were created. At the time God made earth and heaven, before any grasses or shrubs had sprouted from the ground, God hadn't yet sent rain on earth, nor was there anyone around to work the ground. The whole earth was watered by underground springs. God formed man out of dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. Then God planted a garden in Eden in the east. He put the man he had just made in it. God made all kinds of trees grow from the ground, trees beautiful to look at and good to eat. The tree of life was in the middle of the garden, also the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there divides into four rivers. The first is named Pishon. It flows from Havila, where there is gold. The gold of this land is good. The land is also known for a sweet-scented resin and the onyx stone. The second river is called Gihon. It flows through the land of Cush. The third river is named Hedekal and flows east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. God took the man and set him down in the Garden of Eden to work the ground and keep it in order. God commanded the man, You can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground and all the animals of the field and all the birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, named the wild animals, animals but he didn't find a suitable companion. God put the man into a deep sleep. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. The man said, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, name her woman, for she was made from man. Therefore, man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife, and they become one flesh. 
The two of them, the man and his wife, were naked, but they felt no shame. Now, before I get into the third chapter, I want to go back and just read again what man did. You remember when God formed from the ground all of the animals and birds, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And the man named birds and cattle, etc., etc. The point simply being that one of the functions of man is to give identity. Oftentimes when I talk about uh, marriage and husbands and wives and fathers and mothers, I'll go back and share these verses and say to the young man, son, don't you realize that one of your purposes in life by speaking into the life of your son or daughter is to identify, to tell them who they are, to, en to engage with the Holy Spirit in letting them find out who they are and the particular that they were created to and for. A woman is primarily a nurturer. Without the nurturing at the breast and the holding and, the, and all of the compassion that flows from her, that does not mean that man never nurtures or that woman never gives identity. But we're talking about the great and holy callings generally for men and women. And it's so beautifully outlined right here in the beginning. It's so important for us to realize that this is right in the beginning. This is the time when the Holy Spirit is speaking to Adam. And in Adam, he's realizing that Oh, this is what I'm called to do. And Adam finds purpose. But he also realizes that he needed a companion. Remember in that verse uh, 20, he says, the man named the cattle, birds, wild animals, but he didn't find a suitable companion. Man knew that it wasn't enough for him to just give identity, to name things, to tell things what they are, and what their purpose and calling are. But he needed something else. And so he falls into the sleep. God removes the one and creates woman. At last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. What a beautiful picture this is of the creation. What a beautiful picture of what male and female truly is. Now I'm going to get into the third chapter. I'm going to read some portions of it. And it will prepare us for next week. Again, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to begin with the last sentence of chapter 2 and read on into chapter 3. The two of them, the man and his wife, were naked, but they felt no shame. Genesis 3 verse 1. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, You won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, 
you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. When the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized what she would get out of it, she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. Immediately, the two of them did see what's really going on, saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. And God said, Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you gave me as a companion. She gave me fruit from the tree, and yes, I ate it. And God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? Well, the serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate. God told the serpent, Because you've done this, you're cursed, cursed beyond all cattle and wild animals, cursed to slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head. You'll wound his heel. He told the woman, I'll multiply your pains in childbirth. You'll give birth to your babies in pain. You'll want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. And he told the man, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you to not eat from, don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way, planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk. Until you return to that ground yourself, dead and buried, you started out as dirt and you'll end up as dirt. The man, known as Adam, named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. God made leather clothing for Adam and Eve and his wife and dressed them. And God said, The man has become like one of us, capable of knowing everything, ranging from good to evil. What if he now should reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat and live forever? Never. This cannot happen. So God expelled them from the Garden of Eden and sent them to work the ground, the same dirt out of which they'd been made. He threw them out of the garden and staged, stationed angel cherubim and a revolving sword of fire east of it, guarding the path to the tree of life. This is such a marvelous thing. So ends the third chapter. And in the third chapter, do you remember it said that the woman, God said to him, this woman will wound your head, speaking to Satan, and you'll wound his heel. And from that moment on, when you go through the Old Testament, 
If you're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, you'll sense the enemy trying to find where that seed is and in what woman. You and I know who the woman would be. It would be Mary. And it would be Gabriel who would come to her and say, In your womb shall be born the Son of God. And you'll call his name Jesus. And you'll save their people from their sins. And truly he shall bruise the head of Satan, conquer him through Calvary, through resurrection, through ascension, through bringing the kingdom on earth. So ends the third chapter. I'm going to continue in the next podcast reading more from the scriptures, reading more about what God is after. If we'll realize it, God has never changed his plan. He wants you and I to rule and reign completely over his creation. And remember, when he comes out of the temptation in Luke chapter 4 and in Matthew, when those temptations from the enemy, he begins to preach the kingdom of God has come on earth, the rule and the reign of God. God will and is going to restore it all. And you and I, by the grace of God, when we begin to realize the immensity of our eternal God, before the beginning began, had a place and a purpose and a time for you that only you and you alone can fulfill. Be you man or woman, God has a way for you and a plan. So I ask, Father, that again you'll breathe on the Scripture, you'll breathe on the resurrection, and that you'll breathe on all of us who are called by your Spirit, and that we will be enabled through the revelation of your resurrected life in Jesus, his pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We will realize that to which we have been called, and will be faithful to it, and find the joy of our place in you and your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So that, Father, when we pray that prayer of Jesus, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll understand more and more why we need our daily bread. And that daily bread is tremendously eternal and personal. Each one of us needs the bread of life that only Jesus by His Spirit can provide each one of us to fulfill that unique call and bring the kingdom of God on earth that we might be enabled to do that for which we are called and glorify Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.